This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. It's Christoph Trapp. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Business Storytelling Podcast. Really glad to have you uh, join us here. And today we want to talk about PR. What works, what doesn't work, um, and really dive into that topic. And here is uh, a rough, rough outline. If you're watching on the live stream, you can see that. Um, If you're listening on the podcast channels, thank you very much. Of course, podcasting is still my first love, quite frankly, um, but the live streaming has been wonderful. People are tuning in on all these different networks, so really, really appreciate everyone doing that. And if you are listening on on the podcast channels, Make sure you check us out on um, all the different channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, YouTube, uh, Twitter, and Periscope. So I think I said Twitter twice there. I'm excited about it. Um, But today we want to talk about what's PR, why do we care, uh, how do we measure it, how do we tie it into um, our overarching strategy. And for that purpose, to, to have a good discussion about it and to learn and to move forward and to Get the most out of our content. We all know that has never been harder. It, I mean, everybody can start a blog. Everybody can start a podcast. Everybody can do everything. And that, you know, that takes pieces from the pie for the rest of us. Um, and it's getting harder and harder. So today's guest, we'll bring her on the show here. She is in the um, wonderful green room in Switcher Studios. Um, if you don't use Switcher, take a look. That's how I live stream. I'm trying to find the um, the graphic here with the code. Um, live, um, there it is. Live stream with switcherstudio.com. Trap one is the code that you can use if you want to. Um, we'll bring her on here, Tanya Parker. She uh, has worked on both sides of the news desk. Same, just like me. So have I. Journalism by trait. And a lot of the things I do today, they're still very journalistically um, influenced, if you think about them, because what is this? We're just doing an interview. We're just talking. We're sharing news. We're sharing content. We're uh, publishing. So let's bring her on here. Um, From Atlanta, I think. Tanya Parker, how's it going today? Yes. I am fabulous. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. Well, hanging in there. I mean, 2020 certainly has been an interesting year, um, but we all try to make the best out of it, right? Right. I found that I'm having to use what you mentioned, my good old journalism skills and doing basic communication because you're not there in front of the person anymore. You can't reach them at their office. You can't go down the hall. Mm -hmm. So the very basics of communication that we learned in journalism school we're having to pull out. And I actually should say I never put them away. Yeah, same here. I haven't either. And certainly a lot of the things we do now, I mean, you know, whether we're journalists or, or content marketers or PR practitioners, very, very similar. So when, you know, I, I, I ran across you on um, Twitter, always sharing good stuff around um, public relations. 
And I always like to remind everyone, this is really the best way, uh, my favorite way to find guests. Not, I don't, you know, I get pitches all the time and some of them are very, very generic. Um, hey, Christoph, you want me to come talk on uh, on your podcast about storytelling? And I'm like, uh, no, because we have plenty of episodes <laughs> on that. Uh, what's the, the unique pitch? But at the end of the day, they're kind of they're they're practicing PR, right? But not necessarily in the in the best way. It makes me think of times when we have to pitch reporters, and the good old days is you would call them up. There was a newsroom full of people. It was loud. Everything was bustling and you could make your pitch. Nowadays, it's a total different world, and there may not even be what we used to remember as a big room, a big floor of people working. And so electronically, you still have to make that pitch. You still have to have the basics of the who, what, when, where, why, and how, but it really has to be dressed up in many different ways, such as attaching a photo, attaching a video, um, really creating a network of people who can vouch for you, particularly through social media engagement. So I think it has to be, um, the best word I probably would use is dressed up much more than what you normally would have done. And I, and I don't know if everyone who does this work these days realizes that. So I think in some ways we've had the benefit of what I often tell people, particularly young people I mentor, that I'm lucky in some ways to have my feet in both worlds. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, same here. But when it comes to pitching, though, how do you, I mean, what, what are your tips? How do you uh, reach out to people? And I mean, quite honestly, when I get these long emails from people, I don't have the time. I really, truly don't, you know? And I mean, then they have other pitches. I just got a report from a company. They didn't even pitch me. They just sent me a report, and I think I'm on the mailing list because I participated in the study. And Uh-oh. I thought, well, this is totally a good topic. And I replied, and I said, hey, would you want to come on the show and talk about the report, right? I mean, that when people send me these long emails, and then they start out with, hello, Christoph, I hope you're doing well. And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, like, when you send me an email, and it starts with that, I don't know you. Like, that's a media spam folder. Yes, it's... It's true, unfortunately, and we get inundated with it. What I say in making a pitch is first the internal work, which means know exactly what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to get them to engage? Are you trying to get them to purchase something? Are you trying to get them to an attend an event or a meeting? Have a clear sense of what it is. What's your end goal? What is it that you're trying to achieve? Then be very clear on if they do respond, are you ready to respond? Is the product ready? Is, are all the details for the event set? Do you have the room reserved for the meeting? Are you able to set up your website? Is your website live to where if they say, yes, I'd like to order a hundred of those. Can you make that happen? So I think there's a lot of internal work that has to be done before the pitch is made to the external. And then once the pitch is made, I would say be very clear on what it is that you want them to do, a timetable if so. I would also be very clear on who you are, whether it's an individual or a company. If there are links to a portfolio, for example, if there are um, social media engagement that you can show them, um, links, um, Twitter handle, Anything that will give them a sense of who you are, but not too much, not all of it done, because if they're interested, they'll follow up with you 
and they'll be more specific in asking, can you provide this? Or can you show us photos of what you've done at other events? Let's say you're a photographer for mm -hmm. high-end um, client. So those are the kind of things you don't want to overdo it, but you want to be able to get them engaged to ask for more. Um, and then I would say the last thing is be responsive. Sometimes people will respond back maybe that day within 24 hours. So it doesn't help if you've decided to go on vacation and you just put out a big pitch for um, across the nation and you're not in the office for the next five days. So I would say be ready to respond. Make sure you have the tools to respond. Be very clear in what you're seeking and who you are, but not overdo it. Yeah, so that drives me crazy when people send things when I was a journalist, you know, and and um, they sent me something and then they're never on my timetable. It only everything has to be on their timetable. Or, you know, if I'm working, let's say, right. during the day and I'm working on an article all day long, you know, let's say nine to five or whatever, 10 to six or something. And then they email me at 730 and then they're right. not available. And then they right. say, this is our statement. Of course, I know some people do it because they don't want to give a statement, right? Because they're actually, they're trying right. to <laughs> avoid it. But I, I think that's never a good idea right. either. So when you- um, We just you, recently saw that. Go ahead. I was gonna say, we just recently saw that happen during the election. There were some major statements that were released on election night that had nothing to do with the election. But, you know, like you said, they kind of slide it in the door. So you, you have to, I mean, you have to be aware of what else is going on too, but um, but some of the things, depending what it is and depending who you're pitching to, I mean, I'll give you an example. If I'm pitching to a B2B publication that has nothing to do with politics, I mean, yeah. they might care on election day, right? Because they're not covering the election. They're right. covering um, heavy equipment or something. Right. And the thing that also I think I would add to that is people do need to be um, considerate of the fact that a lot of companies, and news organizations are very thinly staffed, either because of COVID or because of budget cuts over the years. So you don't have a person that might be in charge of solely gathering up pitches and distributing them to reporters or editors. So that's the other thing is like you mentioned, being uh, very aware, almost in some ways because of COVID, hyper aware of your timing, the time of day. I would not suggest pitching someone on an event that's happening um, that evening, that morning, or even the day before, because there needs to be assignments made. There needs to be, uh, if there's going to be a photographer that comes along with them, if there's an effort to treat, uh, reach broadcast media, a lot of times internally, they have an editor has to assign a photographer, a camera crew to go out. So there's a lot of things that's taken in consideration. So you want to, a, a person wants to give plenty of time for them to do what they need to do if they're interested in, for instance, covering your event. Yeah, what's interesting about that, I, I think the media, to an extent, we've trained people to think everything is instant, right? And, and it kind of is sometimes to an yes. extent because, I mean, there could be, I mean, let's think about it. Fingers crossed. I don't, I'm not trying to jinx anything here, but there is a major news event down the road here. I could literally just walk down with yes. my phone and my iPod and my tripod, and that's a lot of <laughs> pods. Oh, it sounds they sound very similar, and I could literally go live right then, right to all these channels. Yes, 
In fact, in fact, yeah. if the TV station gives me their whatever it's called, the RTMP, you know, uh, yeah, their custom RTMP, I could literally just live stream for them to them. So certainly that. Um, but keep that in mind. Where journalists are not just sitting around waiting yes. for things. On the other side, though, sometimes. So if mm-hmm. I can, I've, I, for me, this did hardly ever happen, of course, but. Sometimes it's a slow news day. Nothing is going on. And I'm going, hey, yes. what am I going to write about? What am I going to do today? And so if you hit me at that time when I truly don't have anything else going on right that second, it could work, right? And that maybe that's part of the reason why people do it. Absolutely. And that's a very good point. I've, I've told people, and I've done it myself, a day or two leading up to a holiday, Sometimes you will catch people working because it is a slow new day and not everyone it has left for the holiday. So a day or two before Thanksgiving, a day or two before the 4th of July, it does get slow. Also, believe it or not, I, I tell people this and sometimes they don't believe it. On holidays, a news channel will get slow and they're looking for it, particularly for a good feel story. A good feel story, let's say if you're a nonprofit agency and you're wanting to promote um, something that you have going on after the holidays and have some of your volunteers down and you're bagging up things, they're really looking for those good feel stories to show, particularly that week. And we have that coming up on um, the day after Thanksgiving, the week between Christmas and New Year's Day. So they're always looking for something new, some new angle for things happening, and particularly with COVID and a lot of organizations, particularly nonprofits that are trying to raise funds and gather supplies, um, it it could be a time to get good coverage for that and to make a great pitch for that type of thing. And really, considering how close we are to Thanksgiving and the holidays, I would start to craft my pitch now. And of course, uh, just a a time add one other. Yeah, of course. Can I add one other thing, Christoph? One thing that worked for me when I was a reporter and I find has worked for me when I'm representing the CEOs and the leadership I'm working for is in my pitch, I often will say these folks are available for interview. That way they know that if they want to work my story, I can get the CEO on the phone. It's not going to be the PR communications director. I can get the CEO in front of camera. If I have a celebrity, such as someone who is with uh, a sports team and they're available, mm-hmm. I'll just kind of package it all together because that makes it more attractive. And of course, just a quick timing note on the live stream, of course, we are before Thanksgiving on the podcast. We might be after, but but nonetheless, Tanya's tips, you can use them for Christmas. You can use them for I mean, any yeah. holiday, quite frankly. So it's not specific to just... Thanksgiving, if, if uh, some of you are listening out there and, and looking for excuses why you can't do it, um, but, but, but it's, uh, you can do it. Why do we need to still focus on PR? I mean, you know, we hear people talk about, oh, we're starting our own publishing arm. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're, we're podcasting. We're doing whatever. Uh, some of the things that traditionally only journalists did. But today, of course, we have a wide mix of content people. Why is it still important to... Uh, you know, to reach out to, let's call them traditional media. Do you need help with digital marketing for your small to medium-sized business? Reach out now and drop us a message at ctrap at gmail.com.
still important because there's so much out there. There's so much out there. If you think that, if someone thinks that they're going to be found just by being great and existing, um, I think that is unrealistic because mm -hmm. there's just so much out there. When I was in journalism, there was no such thing as a blogger. And I remember right. being on the cusp of, again, the two feet in each world of this idea of a blogger. And there was talk in the newsroom like, oh, they're not going to really get any traction. You know, we're reporters. But sure enough, there are very, 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 very well, um, you know, very, uh, I guess I would say those who have done very well in the industry, financially and professionally, being a blogger. So because there's so much content out there, there has to be an effort made to actually reach out to traditional media. And I think those who use that effort and build it on the strong foundational bricks of grammar, good content, answering the five basic questions, just using very good foundational bricks uh, will be successful or more successful than those who, who don't, frankly. But there's so much out there that they really have to compete and make an effort just because um, if not, it would be hard for the traditional media and even the new media to find you without, for instance, uh, an influencer pointing their way. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, when I was a journalist, there was also no such thing as bloggers. And actually, uh, Steve Buttrey started talking right. about uh, the, the now late Steve Buttrey, a former editor and publisher of the year, um, talked about we should blog more. And everybody goes, what does that even mean? Write a diary online. And right. today, you know, of course, I just did an article. Um, I did a, a guest comment in somebody's blog post about uh, what do you do in 2021 to stand out with blogging? And it's still a thing. It still works, uh, but you got to yes. do it well. But but you also have to tie it in together with everything else, right, Tanya? You don't just blog. You don't just Absolutely. do PR. How do you tie it all together? I think the biggest thing to consider is to use as many avenues as you're comfortable with. So, for instance, if you're a good writer, be a good writer. Make sure that your blog posts are great. Make sure that your content in your press release is good. Really clean it up for any typos. So if your strength is writing, make sure that pieces that you post on LinkedIn, on Twitter are strong. Because unfortunately, for many people who are out putting content, writing is not their strength, I have to say. So the thing that you really want to do is to package as much as you can around as many pieces as you can. So in thinking about traditional media, thinking about press release, thinking about photos, videos, if there's things that you're attaching to your website as far as graphics, as much as you can, make sure that's sharp. And then if there's one thing that I think still, and I was talking to some leadership in our company that still has a lot of weight, but I don't think people give it a lot of weight, are testimonials. If you have people who say this product is great, if you have people who have given your product or your service great reviews, figure out a way to include that in what you promote. And it doesn't have to be a lot. It can be simply be a link. But the one thing you want to do now, I would say not, you know, don't include something that was in 2019, if you have three or four that are this year, 
but really try to put your best foot forward in packaging as much as you can. That would be from traditional realms, which some people would say news clippings are, but also new technology, such as a, a podcast, such as um, a video, a vlog, anything that can give the variety of who you are showcase all in one. So I say use as many tools as you're comfortable with. The one thing I would say is I've seen people try to use tools that they're not comfortable with and it falls flat. So as much as you can, and there's a lot of tools online to learn for free, particularly during this time when people are online so much, to just try to get up to speed so that what you put out is as sharp as can be. Yeah, and the other thing to keep in mind, too, there's different forms of writing, you know, so I wouldn't say I'm a very, yes. uh, I probably wouldn't write a novel, quite frankly, but I can write informational <laughs> content. I can write things, hey, take a look, here's how you um, put your podcast on Instagram Reels, here's the steps, and here's the things to think about. And that's very different, right? I mean, I had an article on Instagram Reels, that had like close to 100,000 views, and but it's not prose, right? It's very informational, step-by-step, -step, to the point. Right. Um, you know, it's not flowery or anything. And then the other thing what's interesting as well, when, when you mentioned use the tools you're comfortable with, and I agree with that. The one thing I'd like to remind everyone, though, is um, there's also a learning curve. You see these live streams every day now yes. almost. And when I first Good started, point. I was making it too difficult for myself. I mean... Um, flipping people around, trans, you know, transitions, and now we're just staying on the screen. And this is it, like the end. We don't have to make it so difficult um, to move forward. When I'm pitching to somebody, though, how do I, how do I choose who to reach out to and how, and, and how far and wide do I go? Good question. Very good question. I find that when I talk to people or even when but I'm trying to advise leadership. They instantly want to go for the top. We need New York Times, we need Washington Post, we need AJC, we need a variety of the top daily newspapers. And nothing is wrong with that. But if you're in a very niche industry, there is, for instance, going back to the example of the um, photographer, the professional photographer, many times there are uh, magazines, websites, um, a lot of social media geared toward that particular industry. So associations, professional associations, I say look at those industries because you will get coverage that could be positive for you and your company among your peers. So go to those as well as the major dailies. Also in being sure to, let's say you're interested in CNN, don't forget the local news channel. Don't forget the local radio channel. Also be cognizant of any organization that may have followed or um, recently did coverage of, okay, I'm trying to, well, yeah, your competition. I'm going to say it. If, if they've done coverage of your competition and you have a product, you have a service, not bad or hurt. You don't want to necessarily say that. I want to make sure that it's clear that what I have that you covered last year this is what I'm offering this year. And then I would also say um, it doesn't hurt to talk to your professional network because they may be able to connect you to um, news um, leadership that you could, again, network with. And if there's not something now, they may have something down the road. And that is one thing that I always will pitch is networking. 
because attending networking events that are sponsored by news organizations, that are sponsored by your local press club, that are sponsored by professional associations, that always makes a difference because you never know who you're going to meet and you never know who they can introduce you to. Yeah, and some of, some of this pitching is a little bit of luck, though, right? Because you never know the timing. You don't know what kind of mood yes. they're in. You don't know what kind of people they are. Even though this is not sponsored, I've used Crystal Notes in, on LinkedIn before, and it tells me uh, who, oh, yeah. uh, you know, what people are like. And it's pretty accurate for the most part from what I've seen. It got me down to a T. Um, of, you know, of course, <laughs> I'm pretty, uh, pretty vocal on the web. Um, and the other thing is, too, uh, you don't know what else they're doing. I'll give you an example. Working in B2B, and basically I did, uh, and there comes the cat because we're all working at home. Uh, jumping on my, there you go. Now we got the first time the cat is on the live stream. This guy is a cuddler, but now he's leaving. And I'm standing at a, on a stand-up desk, so that's what's amazing about it. 6'4", and he jumps all the way up here because he can't wow. just be on the ground. All right. Well, back, right. <laughs> back to the topic. Welcome 2020 COVID <clears throat> craziness in full swing. So um, I was in B2B and I did an article. I stayed at a hotel mm -hmm. at the Atlanta airport and I did an um, you can look over the um, the runway from your hotel room. So it was quite cool. Okay. And actually, well, you're in Atlanta. Yes. So I don't I, it was a Marriott. Yes. I don't know yes. Which one? But you can I know exactly right where that is. Yep. So you can uh, you can overlook the runway. It's kind of cool, but it's also kind of loud. So I had to put in earplugs. I wrote about it for meetingstoday.com. Um, and um, I shared it's kind of loud, but it's kind of cool. So then the Hilton, I think it was the Hilton. Hilton called me later and says, well, we have um, everything is more, you know, you can't hear the, tra the, the air traffic. I don't know how close they are. I don't know anything um, else about them. But the thing is, I just wrote about it. I'm not going to write the same thing about you today, especially when the other thing right. was a first-person story. But what was good, the company also had another publication, buildings.com. And so then we did a podcast later on noise reduction. And I talked to two experts in the oh, field of noise reduction. And then I said, hey, why don't you come on the show and we talk to you for a couple of minutes, what you guys are doing. So it's, it, it wasn't the exact audience for them, but he still got some PR out of it um, because you reached out. And you never know who's connected. I mean, the thing that I'll continue to say, particularly as we get more connected in a variety of different avenues and globally, you just never know who's connected to who. And so I think what you just laid out is a perfect example and being able to leverage that in many different ways. I think it's great. Yeah, unbelievable how that works. Um, but you also have to draw a line, right? I mean, you can't just keep pitching and pitching and pitching and, yes. and that's the only thing you do. So you have to kind of be relatively strategic, I suppose. I would agree. And I think that if you're pitching and pitching and pitching and pitching, particularly the same thing without any tweaks to it, then I would say it's time to come back in the house and look and see what might need to be changed. Is there something that needs to be changed? Is there an angle that has gotten stale? Is there something that needs to be freshened up? Is there someone on the pitch um, package is what I call that needs to be removed? Um, I would say bring it back in-house, retool, look and see if there's other angles, um, 
talk internally and see if there's other things or is it one that needs to be, you know, put back in the drawer because it's not a good time for it. (laughs) I mean, and that's a hard thing to do for some people because they get wedded to it and they're so um, they want it to be successful, whatever it is that they're pitching. But sometimes you may lose the window for it to have a good run. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you always want to fiddle with copy anyways and fiddle with uh, subject lines. I mean, that's just basic digital marketing 101 nowadays. Um, So how do I measure all this success? I mean, I I remember back in the day, Tonya, when when I was a newspaper reporter and the the web was relatively new, um, you know, I knew for a fact people had clipping services, right? So when they were quoted, they got the thing in the mail seven days later and every once in a while, I would hear about it eight days later. Um, And of course, that has evolved today. You know, you can do Google alerts and I would highly recommend people set up Google alerts for their name, their company, their executives, um, all those different things. Um, And then there's other tools you can use to to track all kinds of things. Uh, But how but how else do you measure success? What's what's the how do we know it worked? I would say one of the things that I thought think is great that you're bringing me back to the newsroom in the media clips. I remember being an intern and my assignment, my first couple of days was clipping, just clipping stacks mm-hmm. of newspapers and putting them in this huge binder. Those were some good old days. What I would say the media clips are still important. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the things that I um, still do is keep a folder, even if it's electronically. I still keep a folder of media clips what, because to me, in some ways, it proves success. Oftentimes, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm so sorry. Oftentimes when I have to do this type of work, I do a year-end report and everyone won't remember the stories that ran in January mm-hmm. if I'm doing a report in November. So it still is important to keep those media clips. And again, you may not a lot of people even get newspapers delivered much like they used to do. So if you have a clipping that's hard copy, if you have a clipping that's electronic, it's a good way. The other thing I would say is um, measuring web traffic. If one of your goals is to get a product pitch and it's launching on your website, I've noticed a lot of companies, a lot of brands are unveiling resources or unveiling new products on their website. So one of the things you want to be prepared to do is to lift the hood uh, once it's launched, before it's launched, frankly, and after it's launched to look at the web traffic and not only look at the web traffic increase, when did it increase? What Mm -hmm. time of day? Do you notice around lunchtime during a weekday it increased? Do you notice around the weekends, Sunday mornings? And there's all all a variety, a slew of tools that can be used to look at the analytics. Some things are as basic as Google Analytics. Some things can be customized to your particular website, particularly if you're a very large company or organization. And then the other thing I would say is to, um, again, on the tech side is watch your social media engagement. Not just um, Facebook, not just LinkedIn, not just Twitter, but every every social media tool that you use, really try to follow those. And if you're starting to see engagement, if it's not you, make sure there's someone who is from your organization or from your company assigned to engage with uh, 
your viewership in a timely way. So if someone is asking a question and that question is sitting there for a day, then they're likely going to go somewhere else or they're likely just going to move on and buy from someone else. Um, if someone is asking for a call, if someone is wanting to, you know, really talk about setting up an account, that is something that you may need to bring in other people to help make that happen so that that engagement is timely. And then the other thing I would say is um, looking at the analytics of, let's say, once your campaign has run over three months, look at it over six months and really just try to track it for the long term. Because again, leadership inside, if they're helping to dedicate budget, if they're helping to dedicate staffing towards that effort, they just want to know what has been their our return on investment. And look at it in many different ways. Did we get web traffic? Did we get new users? Did we get new followers? Did we get product turnover? Did we get uh, media coverage? Whether in under media coverage, that could be a blog. That could be broadcast, that could be print. And is that in a magazine? Is that general? So there's all types of different ways to slice it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing to, to keep in mind, there certainly is value to be covered by media and, and even offline media. Um, but for online media, there's also value in being covered straight up by them. But the one thing to keep yes. in mind, if your goal yes. is to get links back, um, make sure they actually do that. I see more and more companies, more and more B2B yeah, publishers please. who don't even add links. And I'm like, and we just spend, uh, you know, a couple of weeks writing this article <laughs> and there's not one link. And I mean, do we really think um, yes. there's value? I don't know if there is sometimes. Um, and you got to remember too, when Greg Gifford was on the show, we talked about the links back, even when there is no traffic, they still help. They're still good for SEO. So, Certainly, that's yes. another thing to keep in mind. Um, I, go ahead. I, yes. I was going to say, I find personally for myself, if there's no link, I just move on. You know, it's very easy to just scroll up or, you know, close it out. So if there's not a link, I completely agree with you. It's a lost opportunity, actually. It is, right? And that's, that's kind of how I look at it, especially if they... They don't have as much traffic as you think they would on an article basis. That's another thing to think about. Sometimes these publications, right. they have a gazillion readers, but that doesn't mean the gazillion readers come to your article. They come to every article together. So when you break it down, it's not that many. Um, Tanya, it's been great to have you on the show. Hopefully people um, consider following you on Thank Twitter. Thank you. And uh, thanks for sharing your insights. And it's always interesting to talk about um, the, the topic of PR and how it's still important despite all of us just being able to be publishers whenever we want to. Awesome. I enjoy uh, this. I appreciate you inviting me. Thank you. you. You bet. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Just a quick preview here on tomorrow's live stream. We have Josh McNary. Josh is a marketing technologist, and we'll talk about um, uh, how do you think about marketing technology? How do you move forward and make good use of that? Of course, we had Scott Brinker previously on the show talking about the marketing stack. On tomorrow's podcast, that's different. That's not the live stream. That's the podcast, authenticstorytelling.net forward slash podcast. It's Ted Lorenzen. He talks about data science. We just had that live stream maybe last week or so. So make sure you uh, you tune in, learn 
Let's all learn together. Let's all grow together. Let's all get better and, and create content that makes a difference. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. Thanks again to Tanya. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Thank you.